Hello, and welcome to Seriously Pointless Conversations About Culture, the podcast where myself and a few of my friends get together and discuss nerdy things. Just a reminder, if you like what you're listening to, please subscribe to Seriously Pointless Conversations' YouTube channel, or you can find us on your favorite podcasting apps. Thank you for your support. Without you, none of this would be possible. Thanks for coming by. Now let's get into the episode. Hi, and welcome to Seriously Pointless Conversations About Culture, your Seriously Pointless podcast about all your nerdy and geek things across Mr. Drippy's tidy dreamland. I'm your host, James. Well, I'm not your host, James. I'm your host, David. <laughs> you were so good. With the I, song I was so good. You know what? And we're going to leave it in there, and the, the mess up is going to be all good. It, it provides commentary about how how tired and how exhausted I've been for the last, like, two days. You know, <laughs> so, it's been kind of a... A shit month, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. October, or like last hot, the last half of September, the first part of like October can just like go away for a while. It's been so stressful. <laughs> well, obviously, uh, I introduced my uh, co-host James, and you've heard his dulcet <laughs> tones again. Uh, his reverberating tones. I'm going to say his reverberating tones because it you just you fill me with such love and, and joy <laughs> as you as you as you talk about things, but um obviously we're in here today uh today's episode if you guys haven't figured it out by the obscenely obscure reference that we pulled out there unless you've actually played this game uh or gotten past the first 20 minutes uh is nino kuni uh wrath of the white witch uh we're specifically going to be talking about the remastered version but i mean from what i've gathered it's going to be cover most of the other ones now this is just a, a classic from uh studio ghibli and um level five um, gaming studios so um yeah and studio five you might be forgiven for not knowing about it's yeah. they've done some more obscure titles obscure is the wrong word not exactly triple a mainline games a lot of a lot they, of yeah. they did some stuff that was bigger in japan like they did two of the dragon quest mainline games which is yeah. probably the other things they're known for but yeah they've done a lot of yokai watch games like yeah i was gonna, I was gonna watch games. yeah i was gonna say they're mainly they're main. They're yeah. They, they, type, they've so. mainly stayed in in Japan most mostly from what I've gathered and remember. Um, but before we delve deep into the colorful and uh, wonderful world, which is this uh, this game, um, what have you been up to, James? I know this is kind of our format, but I just want to know. I haven't Appliance, seen you in a little while. Appliances. What's that? Appliances. That's what I've been doing this week. Appliances. Appliances. So my microwave died a quiet death. Okay. Not actually quiet. Like it started making disturbing buzzing noises. Like okay. Not when it's turned on, but just at random times. Well, that's which, fun. Being aware of the size of the capacitors that are in my microwave, I, this was a problem. So, hundred percent. Yeah. So I turned it off, and I thought, you know, I'm just gonna call a repair guy. I'm not gonna screw with the microwave. I'm liable to like <laughs> kill myself because there's enough energy in a microwave to kill yourself poking. Around. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So the guy told me that the circuit board was burnt out. Apparently, I was wise to turn it off. Yes. And he said it would cost $300 to fix my $200 microwave. So I will buy a new microwave. That was the plan, was to buy a new microwave. And, of course, my wife is like, well, James, there's this stove and this refrigerator that are this ugly white color that she's wanted to replace since we moved into the house. And I've been dragging my ass on this for about five years now. This is you you're entering the trap which is uh married life james yes and of course once i got to the appliance store we ended up buying all three of the things she wanted jiminy christmas <laughs> you're making me have a corner here just listen to you guys and she's like i want a new microwave 
Oh, if we're going to get a new microwave, you have to buy a new stove. I have to get a stove. And now you've got a microwave and a stove. Do you really want one white appliance, or would you rather have all steel appliances? Do you see see this face? David doesn't care what color his appliances are. He just wants them to work. (laughs) David doesn't care. David talks about himself in the third person because he's weird. (laughs) Um, But no, definitely... Definitely, you are you are a braver man than I am. Uh, uh, I would have probably put my foot down and definitely had an argument with Jackie about that. So <laughs> she, you know, it's okay, man. It's it, and so too, like to be fair though, yeah. Part of it is I'm thinking that if we're going to buy land and build a house in the next couple yeah. of years. I was going to have to replace them before I could sell the house anyway. Yeah, that's true. It do, it definitely and, does uh, up the value a little bit if you're trying to sell it. So that that does so make sense. I, that's I, yeah, what, I, I that's what I'm telling myself so I can sleep at night anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because uh, I know if I don't know if you are man, but like I know I kind of handle a lot more of the finances in, in the house, and, and I just watching Jackie say, "I think we need this. I think we need that," and I'm just like, "Oh God, no, I don't want to do that." <laughs> Sometimes I I don't think she realizes what stuff costs. It happens. But, it happens. But that's not, that's why we married each other because we have different personalities. But yep. well, other than your uh, appliance anyway, escapades, what else have you been up to? I've been playing Nino Kuni Wrath of the White Witch. For uh, like a is month that why now. we're is that why we're talking? That's about why it? we're talking. About oh my god! Because what I a coincidence. Like Forty hours in this game, and I'm gonna get something out of it now. That is a very uh, but, uh, understandable excuse. But now, like we were saying in the intro, been working too many days, and I've done the mature thing, and I have reinvested the extra money I've gotten in a vacation, so I can be less stressed out about the days nice. I worked. And this cycle of middle-aged work life continues. It's quite cyclical. I'm waiting for you to have a midlife crisis and buy a motorcycle like your dad. No. You're not going to get a BMW motorcycle? I don't think so. I'll probably get like an Oculus Rift and stream for a month Valid. or something. Valid. I mean, hey, you can go to you can start doing the VR chat and you can have a uh, anime girl be your uh, your avatar. That could be fun. You could be one of those creepers. Why would you choose a cat girl, do you think? Really, really super creep. You're just like going there, but like all the guys are like, oh, it's a girl, it's a girl, it's a girl, it's a girl. And just like mod your voice to like sound weird. Be like a super creep. Yeah, I, I would. Yeah, no, that <laughs> I would feel dirty. No, no, I would, I would do it. Really and like dirty. halfway through having conversations with the guys, like turn it off. And I'm like, hey, guys, what's up? <laughs> just like, oh, oh, gosh, <laughs> that's 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 the kind of thing I would do just to freak him out. So, yeah, you know, I talking about that kind of stuff we'll, we'll talk about that you guys will hear more about that in the next episode that whenever it comes out but uh it definitely uh i've had my eyeballs on a few of the uh, new vr things but it's definitely not going to be in my uh my pay my 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 budget for a little while i think so yeah, i mean i've got a computer strong enough for it but yeah. i i feel like it's at a point where i'll grab eight hundred dollars of equipment to try and use it and mm-hmm. i'll probably play one game and never come back and yeah, I it's not quite ready for me yet. It's getting there. A hundred percent. I will a hundred percent agree with you that on that because it, it's there's definitely so that that's the kind of the downside of that a little bit is you have some some studios like Sony who is pumping a lot of money into the production of VR games, and so you they have a lot more catalog mm-hmm. for it, but their hardware isn't quite there yet where I will enjoy it and then you have things like oculus rift where the hardware is there and it mm-hmm. does better but the catalog really isn't there yet and well, so it's it, the kind of that it's that two-edged yeah. sword kind of you know and there's a mixture of games that were designed for vr from the beginning oh yeah so for example uh like psychonauts and the pyramid of plunder 
Yes. And there's an awful lot of games that were designed for traditional control schemes that just kind of had VR tacked on, like Subnautica, for example. Yeah, 100%, yeah. And so, I don't know. No. I bought I bought a big monitor instead. Yeah, you know you got you got to cushion the the hardness of life somehow, and uh, we buy fancy toys. So yes. that's that's one hundred percent what we do. Um, so let me ask you: Have you got a chance to? I know you've been playing a lot of Nino Kune, which I'm obviously took up a lot of your time. You've been watching anything or doing anything else, or just uh, not that much. I finished out the Sandman series on yeah. Netflix, which was great. I uh, finished up this fall anime season. They're getting ready. To, the new stuff is already starting to get dubbed out, oh, so I'll we'll have to take a look at right, that soon. Dude, I, I've got some stuff to tell you here in a little bit. Yeah. Have you been checking out Chainsaw Man? <laughs> no, not quite. That is that. It, so it is on my to-do list, okay? <laughs> that seems like something that might be up your alley. It, it is violent <laughs> enough that it might make me let me kind of veg for a little bit. But So in my corner, I have been absorbing a lot more television recently than i normally you know than games honestly um so in regards to the games though i um i made a u-turn and i started uh playing some more dead cells again i don't okay. know if you remember that one or not That's, i uh, i watched a playthrough that goo did of that back in the day and it's got so they they're not going to add any more dlc and whatnot but it's free on game pass the base mm-hmm. game is and you know i was like well i haven't played this in a while I want to go back and try it again. And it's nice that like each run can maybe, maybe last you like maybe 30 minutes tops. Mm-hmm. If you go pretty, if you go fast enough. So it's, it's a short enough run. that can do it maybe like on oh, my lunch break or something yeah. like that and get one or two. And then it's like the biting of Isaac. It's, yeah. It never really gets old. It's a classic. It's a hundred percent. And it's got that kind of metro, metrovania, uh, metroidvania kind of scheme though, too. So you have to go different levels and you go to different areas and things like that, but it's, it's fun. So I've been playing a lot of that. That was that was really fun. I'm I, I forgot how much fun I'm. I'm probably gonna like see like you said. I'm gonna play it for probably another you know twenty hours, and I'm gonna drop it like a hot you know sack of shit. So and it's move on to the cycle, next. Thing. It's a cycle <laughs> of life. And then two months from now, you'll be talking about playing the Binding of Isaac again, and then you'll drop it, that. And... It's never uninstalled from my PC, James. Yeah, it's there. It, it on comes purpose. and goes. It comes and goes. It will always be there. <laughs> Um, but in regards to some, uh, tabletop stuff, I actually found a really cool program, um, and shout out to, um, a coworker of mine, Christian, actually, uh, if he ever decides to ever listen to this, he probably won't ever, but it's a, uh, tabletop, uh, simulator and it's really cool. And I, of course I've, it's, I'm blanking on the name of what it is, what it's called right now, but it's really well done. Um, Mm -hmm. you can literally set up, it's, it's essentially looks like the miniatures that you paint and everything like that. Mm -hmm. And you can basically create your own, um, uh, settings. So like, if you want to make a city or whatever it is, they have these pre-made, um, kind of, uh, setups and you can tack on different like things, but they have individual tiles and you could it's almost like playing with legos james that sounds super cool it's and it's only like 26 bucks i'll send it to you later but i can't remember the name of it's called it's not i keep coming back to pillars of eternity but that's not right um, i think i've seen ads for it on youtube before it's it's pretty cool but yeah. re- i cannot remember the name is for life and but i started to play with it a little bit uh, a few nights ago and I the level of detail on this is super fun and I kind of want to try it with with the friends like I want to do just like a random uh, uh, D&D like 5e session just to kind of see like hey do you guys want to try this and, and just go from there and see if, if they enjoy that kind of thing do a because, one shot or two shot yeah just to kind of see what it is um, and we could play off of like discord and it can let you guys you know try it because I, I don't think you actually need 
everyone to own the product to pe- for for everybody to to see it. Like it, it will that restrict. Would be, that would be very nice. I think it does restrict some of the stuff that people can do in it. Like I don't know if you guys can physically move your move your uh like miniatures on there like i have to do it for you but like you guys should be able to see the table and the setting and everything like that and see all the stuff so but that that is pretty cool um and other other stuff that i've been doing um i've been listening to the sandman part three the act the the sec for the audiobook actually they just came out with that maybe a week ago it's phenomenal i'm loving it it's on audible if you guys haven't had a chance in that um that's been kind of filling my uh, workouts and my uh, chores around the house. Yeah, I've been doing the so. first two parts were a class act. So I'll have to, it's really one. good. Um, and actually pull a lot more uh, voice actors in that. I didn't know like Will Wheaton's an actually part of it too. Really? And uh, Kevin Smith and a couple of a few people that just, that I know are probably big name people. I'm just like missing them somewhere along the line. Um, but in regards to television and anime, uh, which I guess you can kind of smush them together uh, mm-hmm. more anime than television. Uh, TV, I've been watching a lot of House of the Dragon by myself, which is the new Game of Thrones spinoff. How is it? Holy shit, it's really good. It's way better than Game of Thrones. So yeah. I am actually liking it significantly more than the first one. And I, I like that it's territory. I think it, I like it more because it's territory that we've never seen and George R. R. Martin hasn't written about. And it's it, they're kind of in their own element and they you have nothing to base it off of like you do the TV show. Mm-hmm. And so... There's no the bar is already set there. You know you know that's going to be good product because HBO's dumped a, sh- a, a ridiculous amount of money into yeah. it. Um, but it's it's more about the intricacies of the Targaryen family, which is yeah. the, the dragon the dragon riders um, and their reign over Westeros. So I'm interested to see how it goes. The finale is this Sunday, which I'm gonna have to watch it on my phone because we're going to be out of town <laughs> so but i'm gonna enjoy it still no matter what uh this was based on like a book called house of the dragon that george r, r. martin put out right he no so he did or he put out like a, a picture a com- book or something it was like com- it was a compendium of like the history of westeros and Which i think is better anyway i think fantasy tv series usually do better when they're expanding on a smaller work than yeah. trying to compress a big one which I, I a few, with yeah. few exceptions. Yes. And the simple fact that I know he just, he was never going to write that stuff by itself. And I, th- and I think that it, it's just, it wasn't something he was going to adventure into anytime soon. We're still even waiting for the last book in the series. And he's, we never, don't, he's never going to finish the series. I, I'm just, I'm done at this point. I'm just going to enjoy the HBO series while it is. So yeah. I'm sure he's just making mountains of money with this property at this point. I, so. I hope he's making his money off of it. I mean, I don't begrudge him that, but no, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, everyone wins pretty the clear ge- that he was not prepared for the pressures of fame. No, 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 hundred percent. No. Um, but other than that, uh, anime wise, which is more important, um, <laughs> Jackie and I have been watching the newest season of Made in Abyss. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, did you get a high dive account then or no? Okay. Nice. I, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> well, then maybe we can talk about it afterwards. So yeah. I can get it's, it's, it's pretty easy to find actually. I'll, I'll, I'll show it to you. How is it though? It's really good. So they definitely are exploring more of the. So we watched the um, the movie, the in between movie about the uh, like Golden City or something? the Golden. That's yeah. no, the Golden City is the is the second is the is the second season they're talking about. the The movie is more uh, about 
um, uh, Nanachi, which is the um, uh, the bunny girl, yeah. and her interaction with um, I'm trying to remember the main uh, 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 diver's name, uh, cave uh, cave diver's name. He's he's really freaking weird. The one who's doing all the experiments. On yeah, the yeah, who you're talking about that one. They center more on that, and they, at the very end of that movie, that's when they descend into the sixth layer, sixth sixth layer where they can't come back. Yeah. And they definitely delve more into like the backstory of like how wow like how did the cave dweller or the cave divers you know you know come here and they kind of show that they they came to this island yeah and they kind of do a little more of that backstory and you start to kind of like meet uh, I don't want to ruin too much for you if you end up watching it they start to I'm definitely going to watch it okay they definitely they definitely start to answer some stuff of like what happened to the original cave divers when they went down yeah and it kind of shows you what happens to people that stay down there too long and like how it messes with them. And it's, it's just a bizarre kind of world they're in now, but they're in the golden, what they quote unquote is the golden city. I'll just leave it at that. Okay. It's really cool. And we're about halfway through the season. So I'm really enjoying it. I want to see where it goes. Jackie, she, she has a love hate relationship with it. She loves it <laughs> because it's so gorgeous, but she hates it because it's so morose and sad a lot of time. So that's part of what makes it work, though. We I, talked about when we did our review of the show, yeah. like the dichotomy of the whole thing is oh, yeah, what makes it work is oh, like yeah. an art piece. Oh, it's gorgeous. But, um, in my own spare time, though, I have been watching, um, she, well, I take the back, she, I've been watching, uh, uh, she's been watching a lot of the, um, uh, rewatching uh, uh, Ancient Makers Bride. She's been rewatching it because I can already tell she's wanting to watch the next season. So she's getting caught up again, and she's doing yeah. it in her free time whenever I'm busy and whatnot. Um, it's worth a rewatch. It's it's just beautiful. It is really good. So I have actually started on my own though. I have started watching the uh, Shadow House. That's a great one too. I I was play. It's so weird and bizarre. Like. Like there's so many unanswered questions. The because music is perfect, though. It is it perfect. Is perfect. <laughs> it's very thriller slash mystery ish almost, yeah. and I, I enjoy it because you don't get all the answers right away. And I love how they're just kind of teasing it out a little bit. And I know if I went online and found like the the manga, don't 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 mess with. I don't want to ruin it. Yeah. So I'm just gonna enjoy it for what it is. Um, I'm trying to think of what else I've been watching. Other than that, but the main thing was Made in Abyss, and I'm just, it was stellar. But Chainsaw Man is actually on my to do to watch list once I get caught up with uh, uh, Shadow House, though. So, yeah. Yeah. Any, anything, uh, any other recommendations for me, though? I know. Um, you guys we'll do watch it. I haven't, I haven't watched too much the last week or two. Yeah, I, I noticed that. I'm a couple episodes behind for the tail end of all the stuff from this last season. I need to finish all the season climaxes, but. Yeah. So, uh, season two of Spy X Family is coming out, and I'm excited Ooh. about that one. Chainsaw Man is hotly anticipated by everybody. I'm, I'm not sure how it's going to be. It's <laughs> it's been very strongly hyped. So yes, it, it's a uh, the manga is popular. It's coming from a big name studio. Hundred mm-hmm, percent, yeah. But um, we've seen other big name, highly hyped things fail pretty badly. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if uh, Tokyo Ghoul, for example, fell. Yeah, don't get me fell started. well short of the source material. Yeah, despite being gorgeous to watch, it just the second season onward just didn't happen. Yeah, it definitely 
it definitely fell flat. I will I'll 100% agree with you on so that. So we'll see how it goes. But Yeah, and um, I'm interested to see because I know uh, My Hero Academia and the newest season actually popped too. So Yes, that one's coming out. And I'm excited about that one after the last season kind of focused on the villain group. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see how things are going to go next. It seems like they're they're working at a deeper level of characterization than you often get in these types of you know, forever shown in series. So, which I, 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 that's what I like about it so far. Um, and I might actually have to end up downloading some of those episodes to keep me company. Um, if Jackie decides she wants to take a drive or whatnot, and she, if she wants to drive for a little bit and give me a break, but I'll probably end up doing most of the driving. Honestly, it's probably what's going to end up being get an audiobook. <laughs> I, I got Sandman and I definitely have a couple podcasts I'm going to listen to, but yeah, that's a little bit about what we've, uh, uh, we've been up to. Uh, let us know what you guys have been up to as well. Um, uh yeah uh now we're gonna get into the wonderful world which is nino cooney wrath of the white witch so a little bit about this um before we delve deep into the uh who what where why and how and why of all this stuff um so this was a action role-playing game produced by studio five in partnership with studio ghibli uh and it was released originally in 2011 for the ps3 um and they actually came out with a re-released version, I believe, a remastered version. Is it? Um, it came out for the PC. Yes. It was on the Xbox Live thing. Yes. Just this last month, and that's the reason I want to talk about this now is because they have a remastered version that came out, and the sequel game came out for mm-hmm. uh, the Switch, I think, in 2018. Yes. Too much acclaim, but it is also getting a PC release onto the Xbox service next year's probably sometime in the springtime so it seems like a good time to talk about the series uh jrpgs are definitely more in the mainstream gaming than they were back in 2011 100 percent and this absolutely still holds up oh yeah so Uh, let me ask you this though james so without going too much into the game where where did you first run into to this in the the Nino Kuni. So yeah. I mean I was aware when it first came out. At the time it was a PS3 exclusive. Yep. Which was not a system I had. So yeah, I happens. never actually played it when it originally came out. I remember you did play it and I yes. I think I might have even watched you play it for a couple hours at some point. <laughs> uh I remember it being charming in its visuals. It looks just like a Studio Ghibli movie. Yep. which was quite deliberate on their part, which we'll talk about. Very very much so. So if you grew up watching Ghibli films there's a delightful childlike nostalgia that runs through the whole thing. Oh yeah, hundred um, percent. But no, I completely forgot about it until it came up on the Xbox Game Pass. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I kind of wanted to play this game back in the day. Let's give it a go. Scratch a little inch. Uh, yeah. So I, I will definitely agree with you on that a little bit. I, I knew of it, and I had never really gotten a chance to sit down and play it. Um, and I actually got it for the PlayStation 4, which was the remastered version, actually, the, the White Wish version. Um, and it, it was charming, delightful, and just absolutely childlike in its nature. And But also, in the way, it was still challenging, though, in some of the more RPG mechanic type stuff of it. Um, so it wasn't just like a quick, like a simple little, oh, you know, this is going to be an easy little fight, you know, like have fun, you know, mm-hmm. all that stuff. It was very much, you you still had to kind of grind a little bit to, you know, level up and mm-hmm. have the right thing or the right items and the right, you know, familiars or whatever you had 
uh, going with it to to you know cooperate and work together so you could you know you know defeat the battle or whatever it was. And there were some definitely hard parts in the game, but it definitely was uh, it was definitely f- still fun at times. It was never aggravating like some games can be. Right? Yeah. So since you mentioned kind of the gameplay, we can mention talk about that real quick. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When we say it's an action RPG, we mean it's uh, a la like the Star Ocean series. If you guys have ever played that, yep. Where during the combat sections, they happen in real time. Like, you menu through your character's abilities in real time. It only pauses whenever you're scrolling through your spell list or through the item menu. Otherwise, it all happens live. There's three characters on the screen at any given time, and each character has themselves plus three familiars. Yes. (laughs) Which are kind of like the Dragon Quest monsters or like Pokemon. That's a good good analogy. Every character has four forms, if you will, and every form has... Anywhere yeah. from four to twelve abilities, wow. plus items, and some of the characters yep. have spells, and all of this happens in real time with the addition of attacking commands and defending commands and evading commands and items. And this... there's interruption mechanics. There's like sweet spot mechanics. Yeah. There's weaknesses and type advantages, and it it can be quite chaotic. Very much so. So this this is very reminiscent of early like um uh nintendo 64 era jrpgs and the one that pops into my mind was uh quest 64 did you ever play quest 64 i don't think i did that one so it's it has the kind of same concept it's a lot less uh uh crowded as in like people that are in the area it's the same concept you have like an area that you can move around in obviously Mm -hmm. but when you're fighting someone you can you you have to and you select you can select your spells obviously in the menu yeah. and it pauses and things like that and you have to attack and you can evade mm-hmm. but you have it, you have to physically move your character to, to evade it look it up sometime it's really yeah, the combat system is actually pretty it, engaging it, and, and so fun yeah this is something they've been doing the, for a the while only though. problem with the combat system in this game is frankly the whenever you're not controlling a character the AI controls them. And yeah, they're, they're, they're a, a little job. dumb. I wish they would put a little higher priority on keeping themselves alive, because especially towards the end of the game, you're constantly I reviving. I'm thinking they did. Dying. They did update it a little bit in Nino Kuni Two. Where I heard Nino Kuni Two is much much better than that. It, it, it is, and I I think that they actually updated the uh, the AI a little bit for your uh, companions and whatnot, and it helps out quite a bit. So. That that is what I've heard, and I'm looking forward to playing that one. That's I so I actually never finished number two, which I got pretty far in because they do a lot more like like city building stuff once you get to a certain point where you have to start building up your 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 kingdom a little bit more. So it's uh it's a little bit more in depth in my opinion. It's more of like a sixty hour day, game in my and I, what I would I would consider it. So yeah, so that's kind of the combat the. Gameplay itself, there's your typical overworld with locations that you see in RPGs. It does differ a little bit from other RPGs, at least of the time period, in that it's pretty much open world in the beginning. You initially travel on foot, and your progress is barred primarily just through enemies being too tough and not through just some arbitrary person standing in the way. Yeah. Eventually, you do get a boat and eventually a dragon to fly around on, which is pretty awesome. Ooh. There's there's lots of hidden areas. The areas are all themed out really nice. 
the main quest is quite linear. Yeah, it, it does kind of push it out of, way, doesn't it? But there's a lot of side questing and like, you know, monster hunting and stuff you can do. Um we mentioned familiars, which is kind of the, one of the main yep. things of the game. They're like these little chibi creatures. They're also the enemies you tend to be facing most of the time. You have a chance of persuading one of them to join your party whenever you defeat them. And some of them have annoyingly low catch chances. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's kind of one of those things. If you're going to try and like get everything in the game, like basically like 100% it, you're going to have a lot of grind time probably put in there if you're going to try yeah, and go like after Every familiar yeah. has... Uh, a first form, a second form, and then a choice of two third level forms. Mm -hmm. um, the annoying thing I found with the familiars, or the worst part for me, is that the game rewards you for keeping them unevolved or un untransformed as long yeah. as possible. They actually get more stats if you let them get to their max level huh, on their I forms before you change that. them. Oh, huh, wow. As opposed to like Pokemon, where it rewards you for switching them as soon yeah. as possible. And so. If you're trying to like maximize your characters, you can be in like the final sections of the game and not have gotten to the final forms of all your familiars that you're walking around huh. with yet. So it's a little bit of an unintuitive grind mechanic there. But otherwise, it's kind of the typical stuff. They learn moves yeah. as they level up. You have items you equip them with. There's an alchemy system where you can craft some of the best gear for the game and the crafting system I do remember that. is a nice blend of being not mandatory and that you can buy the gear and take the stuff you find and do just fine while still being rewarding to actually do it. Um, <laughs> I was just reading about this and I've totally forgot. There is like an entire board for like side quests and like they call it the errands. And it's literally errands. just, it's, I remember that being <laughs> so freaking annoying to try to get all that stuff done. And I, I just remember just being, constantly like going to that stupid board that they have it's... i really wish that they would just like unlock all the errands in one area at a time yeah because you kind of want to get them done because when you do the errand board they give you like stamps and a stamp book it's like you're going on like a little it's like a childish yeah. like quest mechanic and then i get why they did it because it looks the stamp books for yeah. abilities like you know walking faster some of these abilities are things you don't really need and some of them are really important to making the game playable yeah 100 percent. so it so give me your overall impression of the gameplay would it did you did you release did you at least enjoy it where was it more of like a hindrance like you could obviously tell this was like studio five's first big attempt at trying to make a action rpg game it's an enjoyable rpg okay like i said the combat stands up it's interesting there are okay. some different difficulty levels you can do i will say that if you have if you're cheating a little bit and you'll know which the stronger familiars are which mm -hmm. ones are the stronger familiars having some of them in your party just trivial trivializes the game yeah, so I can like see that, in yeah. particular uh like there's a griffy character that you get from a familiar ticket it was yep. originally released as part of a DLC pack. In the remastered version, you get it from the very early part of the game. <laughs> and it is so far ahead of everything else you have at the time that it trivializes <laughs> the entire mid to late game just to have it with you. Which wow. you could just choose not to use it, but I'm not that kind of person. Kind so of like, <laughs> why would I choose to not make something easier than it is? You know, it's just like, it doesn't make sense to me, but... Uh, 
So you obviously you you. I, but I enjoyed it a lot. It's good. Yeah. I think it stands up to modern RPGs. Good. Uh, it doesn't have ridiculously overwordy dialogue moments, and yeah. a lot of the highlight parts of the games, like the cutscenes, are all hand drawn. That's what I was going to ask you about the art direction. So what and do you? The voice what do you, acting's yeah. good, and so it carries itself with story. So and that's not that's, you never had to yeah. sit down and do 20 straight minutes of clicking through dialogue like you do in some RPGs. Yeah, that is the one thing I will admit that I loved the most about this game. and What drew me initially to this game was that I knew that Studio Ghibli was involved. And that was one of the, the things that I was reading around here and, and learning about when I was looking at this game was that obviously that it it, it came about after Ponyo, which was. I get my, my opinion. I didn't, I don't like, I didn't like Ponyo on, on a cliff by the sea, which is mm-hmm. what it's called. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was 2008. And that so. was, yeah, that was 2008. And that, this luckily, like I said, they were able to studio. If I was able to you know pair with studio Ghibli with this basically right after that, cause they didn't have anything in the, in the bucket at the time. And I love the fact that they were able to get them because I don't think any other studio and I don't think this game would have done nearly as well as it did mm-hmm. if Studio Ghibli had, wouldn't have been in, would not have been involved. It, without the art direction and the story direction from Ghibli, you have a very generic. Very much. It's not a poorly executed game. Like I said, I think mechanically it's no, well no. executed, but we've all seen lots of games flop that were otherwise okay because oh, they yeah. just didn't have something to stand out. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And we want to talk about the themes of the game. <clears throat> Like it, its emotional tone reeks of a Ghibli film. It's about oh, absolutely. It's about coming of age and adventure. Do you deal with motherhood and loss? What are you talking about, James? I don't see that in any of the Ghibli films. They're just kind of generic fantasy films. And everything (laughs) is about uh, feelings. It's about brokenheartedness. Is one of the main, you know, parts of the game where characters are doing bad things because they have this injury in their hearts and you yep. literally feel you fix it by going out and finding someone who has too much love or too much courage and you give it to somebody else. But it's really, it's going through that process of childhood and adolescence where you learn to recognize your feelings and control them and become a better yes. human being. And That's then as you get later into the yeah. game, you start dealing with this idea of opposites where you have people with two halves of the two sides of the same spectrum. You talk about, without spoiling the story, mm-hmm. some of the main villains and stuff like that. So it's, it, it's got this delightful Ghibli charm as you move through the story. And it's clear that they didn't just draw the cutscenes; They were intimately involved in the whole thing. Oh, absolutely. And, and I'm sure you were, you were listening to a little bit of a, a video before we started the podcast, but you, 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 we learned that, that studio Ghibli had basically said, you know, if we're going to be making this with you guys, you have to give us some kind of allow us to some have some kind of input because we're going to stamp our name on this. We need to have it. And the simple fact of like hearing that whenever they looked at the gameplay graphics, like just the simple Mm -hmm. running all around that and the, the cloak movement, they basically went in, they had to rework all the, the, the cloak movement of the character. And it took them like three weeks to do it because that's what Studio Ghibli felt like it helped prevent. Or, or And they, they said it helped make it look more hand-drawn and looked better. And just like in the whole art art style of it, they made it more kind of like staggered and kind of cut a little bit. Yeah, it's they wanted to get it to where when you're walking around in the game, people move and act and feel like an old animated feature. They do a very good job of that. Oh, hundred percent. It's yeah. not like say 
Final Fantasy VII, where the transition between cutscene and regular gameplay is jarring, to say the least. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, it is almost seamless transition. Uh, and it probably was better in the original release because in the remastered, they've sharpened up all the computer graphics to yeah. HD, but the original hand-drawn stuff is, well, it was clearly intended for smaller screens at lower resolutions. It happens. You know, but it's, yeah. the, you mentioned the development. The development of this game is kind of janky because... It doesn't surprise so me. So this is weird. Originally, Level 5 Studio was going to do this as like the 10th anniversary of their studio. They came up with the idea in 2008. Yep. They announced it as a title for the DS and for PlayStation 3. And rather than doing what people would do now, where you would just make one game and port it to both systems, they decided to get two separate development teams to make Jesus. two separate games that were going to have like the same story and the same characters, but otherwise be developed separately. So the original one in English, The Dominion of the Dark Djinn, came out yeah. for the DS a year earlier. So have you ever? And it, it yeah. stops at the point of the game where Shadar is defeated, oh, okay. which is like one story arc before the PlayStation Three version comes to the end, where you move on to the Wrath of the Right Witch. Okay, and it plays very differently, <laughs> to I say said, the least. I've never, I haven't seen. I didn't even know they did that, which would be kind of cool if I would. I would it is much more of a traditional RPG, but the artwork, the graphics, and everything else is different. It's still directed by Studio Ghibli. It does not have all the same hand-drawn cutscenes. Oh, yeah, there's no but way. But being a DS screen size, it is more kind of like, you know, Ghibli backdrops with stuff in the front of it. Yeah, I kind of figured that And much. Wrath of the White Witch got it. That first one was actually pretty successful in its own right. They sold like 580,000 units or something, which Some ridiculous, for the time yeah. and for a DS game was good. I think 560,000 units is what they ended up selling on that one. Chimney but then on the back of this already successful game, they announced that Wrath of the White Witch was going to come out on PlayStation 3, and it was going to be bigger and better, and all things better, and it made a huge splash. People were really anticipating it. Well, yeah. I mean, because it's not every day that Studio Ghibli decides to dip their toe in a medium that they're not used to going into, right? And that's that's one of those things that you you kind of... You kind of... It, it, when you, it's kind of like saying, hey, you know, uh, you're the... Uh, your favorite author or movie star or, or director is going to be like, they're going to dip their toe into a medium that they've never done to before, but they're just phenomenal at this one thing that yeah. they do. They're like, I'm interested to see what they're going to do in this, right? Well, and so mentioning that, Ghibli originally started this in 2008, like you were saying before, after yeah. Ponyo was done, they didn't have a new project yet, which would eventually be spirited away. Yes. But they didn't have anything to do yet, so they said, okay, we'll give you three months. They were going to be doing this game for three months, and then they were going to start their next project. It took more like two years, but that's that's that's, that's, that's how it goes. Yeah, it's stereotypical <laughs> Ghibli, where everything that that they that goes through them, it's going to take twice as long as it should because they're they're just perfectionists. Which, to be fair, I'm okay with. I really am. Well, and it wasn't just Ghibli driving this; like the animation studio, they were playing Ghibli move. Ghibli movies in the office on a daily yep. basis while their animators were working. Getting and distracted hardcore. I, I'm just like, I'm wondering for the animators whether this was like an inspiring thing or if it got to be grinding after a while because doing it for Probably a little bit years. of both, honestly. You know, there's but only... you can tell that everyone worked really hard to have a cohesive theme of a visual presentation oh, yeah. to the whole thing. A absolutely, yeah. And uh, the music was... 
done by uh, I believe it was one of their guy, one of the Studio Ghibli guys. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, Naya Fujimaki actually. Yeah, he he, I think he is. I think he does. I think I don't remember if he did composing on some of them, but I, I think he does mainly did mainly composing on some of the other Studio Ghibli films. Um, but yeah, he he, he had, I know he's been in, he's in, been intricate in some of those things. So yeah. yeah, it's it's been the the music is phenomenal. Like the minute you hear it, though, it's it's obviously you're like, oh, that's that's Studio Ghibli music right there. It, it ties the whole thing together. The music is always appropriate and on point. No, oh, yeah, hundred percent. So, I mean, bad things about the game. It has the, your typical kind of RPG slowdown going on where yeah. you get like your first 30 minutes of your long introductory section. Like uh, the first 30 minutes or so of the game is at least half animated cutscenes, which are delightful from the voice acting and from being Ghibli, but it's annoying in that you're not actually playing through a lot of the game, which modern games tend to try to let you play through some of that so it's not as bad but hey like i said it's no final fantasy like two hours start to a game yeah achievement at christmas uh, yeah. like final fantasy 8 for example but, don't get me started um which is like a movie to itself in the opening scene but it's, the reason why it, it's, it's it. kind of slow there and then the mid game definitely slows to a crawl like a lot of rpgs do where it really does yeah you've gotten through the opening gambit where you've kind of gone through all the big cities and now you're entering into the phase of the game where, oh, now it's time to go back and revisit all the locations and fix their problems again. And then you revisit them again. And at some point it's like, dear Lord, let's just the, drag this on towards its conclusion. I, the I, game is always the worst part of an RPG. For I think the reason they did a lot of that, though, is mainly because since it was on the PS3, the hardware was not quite there yet to hold a, as large of a game as they could possibly do like they do in... The uh, mm. second one, which is substantially bigger, like once you play it and you start looking at it and you start doing the overworld stuff, yeah, you'll know notice really freaking quick, like oh, this game is a lot bigger than the other one. So, yeah. and I think it was partly because of the hardware limitations that they had to go back and kind of reuse assets a little bit. And they do that a little bit in the in the second one, but not nearly as much as they did in the first one, which would make a lot of sense. And the fact that they put this on PlayStation instead of a Nintendo console is telling because if you remember right at the time, yeah, PlayStation media just held more data. Than was that the, uh, that was the Wii at the time, wasn't it, or Wii U? I can't remember. Uh, PS3 was completing with Eight. the Wii, right? Yes, yeah, that was the yeah. Wii. Yeah, that makes and, sense. Yeah, because uh, the PlayStation was already on DVD discs and it just held more data. A yeah, lot more data. Uh, yeah, and even though the the Wii U took di- you know DVDs, it's still though it it was still the hardware just it was not it there not at all. It. Like if you played like Monster Hunter Try on the Wii compared oh, to the PS3, it was just it was just it was an it was an innovative piece of hardware, and like the WarioWare on the Wii is going to go down as one of my favorite games ever, but. It just did not do big titles very well. So where were we at? Uh... I don't remember. Story. Uh, we did we did gameplay development. So audience, David and I are getting old. Yeah. <laughs> we were interrupted for two minutes and we forgot what we were talking about. That's also the, the problem with ADD though too. So it's like you're just like, well, we'll probably cut out this whole discussion, but I felt the need to have it anyway. No, no, we're gonna leave it in here. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna throw it in there. It's gonna be at the beginning and be like, man, I totally forgot where I was at in this. But um so overall, James, um I guess 
we were talking about the mid game slowdown. That's what we were talking about. Yeah, kind of mid mid game mid game kind of stuff. So we I I definitely had a feel that uh the mid game of uh of uh, Nino Kuni definitely have a little bit of a slog in my opinion. Not terrible. Um but overall like the 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 main the the main gameplay and even though with all of its faults and whatnot and kind of the repetition that you have you have to go through there's enough variance in it that you go through and try different like familiars different weapons mm-hmm. and you have different people on your team and whatnot that it definitely creates more of a um a fun atmosphere and along and on top of that the the art animations you know the story and just the uh you know the music in general just it just it propels you forward and you can kind of forgive it a little bit more leeway in my opinion overall yeah the the charm of the game carries it through a lot if you're not into rpgs it's going to be a slog and a grind yeah through parts of it it took me about 40 hours to get through the game that was doing most of the side quests but not grinding for all the completionist stuff (laughs) I've read online people spinning up to a hundred hours plus yes, trying much. to finish every little thing they could possibly finish, which is just absolute insanity to me. Hey but. man, you know, it, there are certain games where, you know, if you don't have a lot of money and you want to go through and you want to get every little thing, you know, I get it, you know, yeah. it, it's, it's your, it's your, it's your money and you do what you want with it. Right? Well, and if they paired this with like an online battling thing where you could battle your team of familiars against somebody else online. That would be Man, interesting. You are, channeling, pure chaos. you are channeling your inner Pokemon okay. trainer right there a little bit. I'm just saying, it adds life to this type of game. It gives you a reason to try to optimize all these familiars. Not everything, everything needs to be games as a service, James. Not everything. Okay, you're right. It <laughs> you don't don't you don't need multiplayer for everything. It can Some, just be a thing. What sometimes? Uh, one thing I did find yeah. pretty cool and pretty unique in this was the in-game wizard spellbook. oh yes they give this to you very very early on it's one of the first things you get in the game it's the wizard spell book it's tied into the story towards the end but it's this guidebook to the whole game essentially and then right there it has most of the familiars it's described everything's described from the perspective of like an in-game wizard so it's actually pretty charming just to leaf through it and read some of the stuff on its own and a large amount of the game secrets and stuff are hinted at or just outright revealed in the wizard's spell book. <laughs> um, and it, it's charming. It's cool. It, it reminded me of, um, oh, what's the one we were just playing before? We're talking about not Tunic, right? Tunic, yeah. It kind of reminded me of Tunic's guidebook. It wasn't to the same extent. It's not like where Tunic did where whole core game mechanics are revealed as you find the pages, <laughs> which was super cool. <laughs> Which we'll have to talk about to, to that is that is definitely days, on but. my. I've definitely downloaded it on, to replay it on on Game Pass, but I just haven't gotten. Say, once you play Tunic, what if we have to do an episode? Man, that was a fun one. But. Yeah, I got caught up with Death's Door, and I finally beat that one a while ago. Yeah. So uh, anyway, sales wise, uh, it did fairly well actually between the this between the sales and the reviews. I think I, I think it got on average probably about an eighty five. I yeah, think it, was in high, it was in the high 80s on Metacritic, which for a JRPG is really good, yeah. especially in 2011. And especially in, in a lot of U- in the U.S. market, because a lot of times JRPGs are very 
a lot more niche. It's definitely gotten bigger, but it's still pretty niche. Especially if it's not a Persona game that they, <sighs> Don't get me started. They, they tend to not do as good. I can't. I can't uh, do Persona. I think by March 2014, they had sold 1.1 million units, plus whatever they're going to get for this remastered mm-hmm. one. Uh, they were nominated for a lot of critical awards, and they won a fair number of them. Uh, they got Best RPG at VGX 2013, for example. Sounds about right, They yeah. got the Outstanding Role-Playing Game and the Satellite Awards for the 18th one. They got a few awards for the animation. They didn't quite manage to scrape the Game of the Year when they came out, though they were nominated. Who did they play? Do you remember who they went against at all? I don't remember. I know it's sure something obscure. Uh, it was the it's 31st Golden Joystick Awards, so we could look it up if we wanted to. Uh, we might take it on at the very end. <laughs> who knows? So, But yeah. it was big. Uh, the sequel, the game, was announced right away. It uh, took yeah. a long time to come out. Yes, it did. Like I said, uh, the Nino Kuni is a pretty big project yep. for Nino what they, Kuni too, what they did for Level 5 Studios. They said they've yeah. released like freaking 30 Yokai Watch games or something. They really did. 30s and 80s, yeah. 30s and like 15 Yokai Watch games. So, fun, fun fact I actually played Nino Kuni 2 before I played Nino Kuni 1. Yeah. And it was a little hard to go play, to play Nino Kuni 1 just from the, yeah, the, yeah, the, 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 the the jilt I had from the, doing that. The game is set in the same universe. Yeah. I've heard that it's a very different game. It is very different, yeah. Um, but I'm looking forward to playing that one. I'm not sure if I'm just going to grab it for the Switch and start playing it, or if I'm going to wait for it on Xbox. I think I got it for the Switch. It was it was written for it was programmed for the Switch originally, so it should play great on the Switch. So I might just play it on the Switch. Yeah, and like I said, it's if you're not jonesing to get those those uh, achievements and all that jazz, I. Yeah, just grab it on whatever you want to. And it's a nice little thing, like I said, especially if you're going to be taking on, if you take your Switch on your trip, uh, done, mm-hmm. you know, to recharge those batteries and whatnot. It, it's it's a nice little thing to have. Might be something fun to play. Yeah, especially if you're going to be on the airplane for a little while, you know. That's what I did last time. Mm-hmm. So uh, I tried to do it, and then the kids are the oldest. He just kept on wanting to grab it from me, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm just going to put this away, and we're going to watch a movie on the TV screen and go that way with it, so... But yeah, so let me ask you this, James, while we wrap up those. How many drippies out of uh, 10 are you going to give this? Um, How many tidies out of 10 are you going to give this? I'll give it seven tidies. You're going to give it seven tidies? It was, it was fun. Like I said, the charm carried it through some of the slow spots. Yeah. There were parts towards the end where I was just like, okay, let's just get to the end. I just want yeah, to get I, to the end. Unfortunately, I think that's how I feel Which... at the end of a lot of JRPGs. You kind of feel because they're just so long, and that's more of a statement on just how I've changed, I guess, as I grew up. Because I remember yeah. playing stuff like this back in the day and not feeling that way. Oh god, yeah, like playing Final Fantasy Eleven for the first or time, or even like Chrono like, Trigger, or Chrono Trigger and stuff. And so I think yeah. I've just gotten more impatient as my amount of time to play games goes down. I'm more yeah. interested in a more concentrated jolt of gaming action. Yeah, that it's it's a nice that nice little like um, twenty to thirty hour range is about where I'm at. Yeah, which might be why I'm gravitating more towards indie games as I get older. They tend to be shorter, but or you can play them in shorter spurts, and you don't have to like. Even you could play this for a long period of time, like if you want to just you know play it like hour chunks at a time. But still, it ended up taking. If you played it like an hour a day, it'd take you forty days to get it done, roughly. Yeah. Just the base game, and if you want to complete it all the way, like hundred percent, it it's going to take you a lot longer than that. So, it's just, 
it's just the time that you you're willing to spend and the time that we have to put into things it just yeah. it changes over time but... i've been working on this one for a good month or about a half or two months it's been a long time and so, so it's... yeah but at least you enjoyed it and like i said mm-hmm. um for me though i will give it about i think i get seven seven point two tidies so <laughs> seven point two tidies. yeah i'm gonna have a little dang a little extra little, little tidy on the end there so but yeah it was it was a blast i enjoyed it um from what a little i can remember of it since it was over about four or five years ago i think i played this one mm-hmm. um but it was it was phenomenal i enjoyed it and i would highly recommend anybody that hasn't gotten a hold of this if you have game pass go check it out i know it's relatively cheap on the switch um, I think it did get marked down, yeah. The, and, and it's only like maybe like 10, 15 bucks maybe on the on the Switch, maybe a little more than that. Maybe for the original even. one, the remaster one on PC is still full price. Yeah, it that just come out. Yeah, that's going to be I like that for a little play, while. I'd play it on the Game Pass if you want to get to it. Yeah, if you want to play the the remastered one, yeah, that's the best way to do it. So, and I know you can pick it up on uh PlayStation 4. I think they have some of the stuff for it, but but yeah. anyways, yeah, that's our review of Nino Kuni, uh, Wrath of the White Witch. Um, kind of vaguely sounds like a Narnia con- Chronicle, but uh, <laughs> if uh, if you enjoyed that, if you didn't enjoy it, let us know. Either way, um, if you feel like we did it a disservice, if you hate JRPGs, if you love it, JRPGs, let us know. Um, because this is kind of one of those things we're going we're gonna to start to move into a little bit more. And um, I think we have a couple... Uh, other new kind of ideas coming down the pipeline i think we're going to try and get a couple guests on it just it's been a busy couple of months and we just kind of needed to set and in, settle into a a rhythm mm-hmm. again so uh it's we're going to try and, and hopefully get some stuff going here after the first of the year but uh mm-hmm. but yeah christmas time and halloween are upon us james so we will see how it how it goes so coming mm-hmm. along the fall is here so all right. Uh, thanks, everybody, for coming in and, and uh, enjoying our episode. James, thanks for uh, always pouring forth your otherworldly knowledge uh, in regards to JRPGs. <laughs> so I know you enjoy these a little bit more than I do. So I enjoyed, yeah. your, I enjoyed your candor and how you felt about it. So. Well, thank you. Awesome. So, all right, guys, we're going to get out of here. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in keeping up to date with new episodes on our channel, add us on any of your favorite podcasting apps, or subscribe to our YouTube channel at Seriously Pointless Conversations. If you have questions or concerns, please email us at seriouslypointlessconvo at gmail.com. We appreciate any feedback. Thank you for listening to our show.